T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Welcome to the Hurricane Hotline. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hurricane Hotline. Joe Zagaki, Don Bailey Jr. will be here for the next, uh, well, Don and I will be here for the next, Don will be with me for the next hour. And uh, I think Don is with me. At any rate, last night the Hurricanes lose 37-34 to Oklahoma State. Coming up on the show, we'll have a recap of last night's game. Don and I will also talk a little bit about uh, the future of the University of Miami, what's coming up in the offseason, and then we'll hear from Will Mallory. Hour number two, we'll hear from University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. Also, we'll uh, turn the clock forward and hear from Gino Damari. We'll talk with uh, Coach Damari in the next hour. So, that's our lineup. And Don Bailey? Yes, Joseph. Okay, there we go. Tough one for the Canes last night, 37-34. Going to have a recap of that with the highlights and your conversation with Manny Diaz here in one moment. But we've had uh, almost 24 hours now since kickoff, uh, and we've had some time to digest what happened last night. And if you boil it all down, people can point a lot of fingers. As we start the fourth quarter, I said to you, we've been here before. The Hurricanes have been here before. They've got a chance to win this game. And in college football today, all you can ask for, I think, from your defense is to get some stops at the right time. The Miami defense, which came under a lot of scrutiny and played without five, I think, five starters, held Oklahoma State under their average. Held Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State under their average, despite the fact falling behind 21-0. They got two stops. Uh, They had a first down at the 48-yard line. Their 48 followed up with a bomb down the field. If the catch is made, the ball's at the 10-yard line with three minutes to go in the game. Well, Joe, you hit it right on the head during the broadcast and, and then again right now. I mean, at, at 12.03 to go in the ball game, it's 31-26. And when you go and look back, that it was 21-0 with 56 seconds left to go in the first quarter. It's almost a miracle performance that Miami even had a chance to win this football game. And... 
There were, you know, drops that were points. I, I would say at least 10 points off of a couple drops that uh, that happened for Miami. And you, you look at it with the starters that were lost, the starters that didn't happen, De'Eric King um, starting the game 10 of 13, as good of numbers as you could have, one touchdown, 113 yards. Uh, and, and then Nikosi comes in and, you know, he's right about his average, but no interceptions, two touchdowns, and uh, one sack on the day um, against a team that was, was rated nationally on how they pressured a quarterback. So, you know, listen, it's a hard loss, but, uh, you know, you can beat yourself up over this or you can look at it. I like to look at the whole season in its entirety. I, I really do. I don't think that, that a coach or a program uh, should, be, should be judged by a 60-minute contest, especially this year. You know, there's other years that we've done that, but when you're dealing with all the extracurricular things that are involved in just getting a football game uh, accomplished, uh, you got to look at the whole year. And I think when you look at the whole year, there's a lot to be proud of. When you look at uh, the North Carolina game and you look at this game and you look at the Clemson game, you learn that if you, if you played the game a little differently, uh, especially North Car- especially this past game without the mistakes and the penalties and and you had a, a full roster, then it might have been a different story. And you got you got to start quicker. And as long as Miami learns from it, I think that's the most important thing. And I, and I believe they will. Uh, but it was if you were a spectator and and you weren't tied into the University of Miami, it was one heck of a football game. I mean, it was as as good a game as you're going to call. And of course, losing stinks and. And there's nothing that can uh, that can repair that except going out and winning your next football game. Well, they showed a lot of fight. That's the good news. De'Ara King, no report on his situation as we start tonight's show. So nothing to report on De'Ara King or any other players uh, uh, leaving or staying. So right now, all status quo. Uh, we salute Nikozi Perry, who ended up playing a really good game for Miami. Looked like he was very well coached here. Um as the backup, and once he got warmed up, he landed some great plays, mm. great throws, and unfortunately did not get enough help on the perimeter. He he didn't. And, you know, you, you look at what happened on the receiving side of it. Brevin Jordan was was 8 for 96, and you had Harley, who was 8 for 69. And, and I want to commend both of those guys right off the top. And let's go with Will Mallory, 4 for 67. Those three guys are the most dependable uh, receivers that Miami has on that side of the football Unfortunately for Miami, Jordan missed three games. Uh, Harley has really come into his own the last half of the season. I, I hope that he considers coming back and, and treating that freshman year where he only had a few catches and a few plays as a, as a red shirt, and he can pick up where he left off. And then Will Mallory, who we're going to hear from later on this evening, again, just uh, the, a p- perfect picture of consistency and is able to come up with big plays. But he snatched the ball out of the air a couple times, and it was very, very impressive. Okay, turned out to be a wild game in Orlando last night, and here's a look back at the highlights and head coach Manny Diaz. Bora Gallus has the ball on the team of the University of Miami. Green jerseys, white pants, underneath white helmets. The white iconic University of Miami helmet. Oklahoma State will be coming out of the south end zone going right to left. Off we go from Orlando. Miami and Oklahoma State, the Cheez-It Bowl. Bora Gallus knocks it high and deep and out of the back of the end zone. Cowboys will start it off first and 10 from their 25-yard line. Fourth and six, they go for it. They're four for nine on fourth downs this year. Right hash mark, 30-yard line of Miami. Sanders straight back to throw. Looking, 
drifting to his left. Here comes the pressure, drifting, throwing deep down the field. It is caught for a touchdown. <laughs> caught for a touchdown by Brennan Presley. He leaps over Keontre Smith and brings it down for a touchdown. 30-yard touchdown strike. Opening drive of the game in Oklahoma State. Scores. Their execution so far has been exquisite. From about the two-yard line, Sanders turns, gives it off. Brown drives forward. Brown into the end zone, standing up for a touchdown. Brown just powered his way right over Wayne Monsteed and lands in the end zone for a touchdown. Well, I'll give you a bad sign. If you see your quarterback, Bradley Jennings, come down towards the line of scrimmage and then end up five yards deep in the end zone on his feet, that's not a good sign. Third and seven, they're probably in four-down territory. Leading 14-0 between the hash marks, moving right to left toward the north end zone. Motion man is Martin. Sanders back to throw. Let's it fly, caught at the 20, at the 15, to the middle of the field, out of the five, into the end zone for a touchdown. Dashing into the end zone for a touchdown is Brennan Presley. Gilbert Frierson, striker, is out there in coverage. He tries to make his way over to the flat to thread the needle to number 80. Big receiver turns it upfield. Frierson in the trail position. Nobody between he and the goal line. King looks it over. Calls for the football. He's going to go to the air. End zone. Fires. Caught for a touchdown. Brevin Jordan's got it. Five yards deep in the end zone. King to Jordan. Miami is on the board. Jordan is sixth receiving touchdown. And King fires his 23rd. 21 to 6 with 14-14 to go in the second quarter. You had Jordan detached from the line of scrimmage and an up stance. Now wearing 82. Runs down the field, plants that left foot, makes a sharp turn, and the ball is waiting there for a touchdown. Stick with the number one to number nine until they can stop it. This one from 38 yards. On a fourth, they get 33 yards. 33-yard kick off the right hash mark. Snap is good, kick on the way. It is no good, he missed it. Miami dodges a bullet. He missed it to the right side, and the Canes have a chance to close the gap. Missed so. field goal. Good job. Miami makes a stop on defense. You had a score on offense on the last drive. See if you can switch the momentum now. Stay on top of them. From the 42. The Canes moving to our left. Harris gives it away. Harris up the middle. Get Here it. we go. He's at the 30. 25, 20. Harris to the 10. Outside the numbers at the 5. Cameron Harris into the end zone. Touchdown, Miami. Harris goes all the way, 42 yards for a Hurricanes touchdown. Cameron Harris finds the hole on that offensive line and makes his way to the end zone right behind DJ Skate. Second and goal from the five. That's your Sanders, goes under center. Got Desmond Jackson behind him. Got a big tight end as his fullback. Sanders takes the ball, gonna throw it underneath. It is caught for a touchdown. Lunging into the end zone, Stoner. Stoner on to Corey Couch on the slant. His fourth receiving touchdown of the year. Third touchdown pass for Spencer Sanders. So after the fumble, Oklahoma State cashes in. 31-19, Oklahoma State gainer over the ball. Harris now flexes out wide left. Perry takes a low snap. He fakes, he throws. End zone, Jordan's got it for a touchdown. Jordan cradles it in for a touchdown. Right side of the end zone. Nicosi Perry to Brevin Jordan for a one-yard touchdown. And knock, knock, who's back into this game? Wow, they put DJ Scaife in the backfield. Let him be a lead blocker. They secure the end of the line of scrimmage. They sneak out Mr. Brevin Jordan 
and he just cradles that catch. It gives your Hurricanes a quick six. First down from the Miami 16, moving toward the north end zone. Spencer Sanders looking, looking, throws, end zone, caught for a touchdown. Hat trick in the end zone. Hat trick for Brennan Presley. His third touchdown catch of the night. Brennan Presley came in with one reception this year. He's got three touchdowns tonight. 37-26, Cowboys. First and goal for Miami. Perry calls for it. Swings it out left side. Harley has it. Gets a block. Harley at the four. Harley into the end zone. Standing up for a Miami touchdown. Don't go away. Hurricane score. A five-yard touchdown from Perry to Harley. It's 37-32. Stay tuned, Hurricane fans. Your team is still in it. Fourth down and nine for Miami. 37-34, last chance for the Canes. Miami's three for four on fourth downs. Here we go. Gainers over the ball. Hokies with a four-man front. Perry, his eyes alert and active. Sends Cheney in motion. Here comes a blitz. He throws. Caught by Randy. Randy ah. brought down short of the first down. Brought down by Ooh. Malcolm Rodriguez, who makes an open field tackle. That's their player. That's the guy they want to put on the spot. And Oklahoma State's going to get out of here with a three-point win. Here's a snap. Sanders falls down with 40 seconds to go, and they will not have to run another play. Under 40 seconds to play. Oklahoma State's going to gallop out of Orlando with a three-point victory. Joy for the Cowboys on their sideline. They're able to corral one in Orlando. Oklahoma State 37, Miami 34. That's your final score. Coach Diaz, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, first and foremost, can you can you give us an update on De'Eric King and his injury? No, our, our, our medical staff has just said they're going to reevaluate him tomorrow in Miami. Um, and that's really that's the message I got. So uh, we'll just we'll, we'll pray for the best and uh, pray for Derek. Coach, you know, the, after that injury, it, that, it was heartbreaking for for everybody, and I and I'm sure the guys, the guys on the bench, especially, and the guys that you that are on this football team. But you look at what happened, and with Nikosi Perry coming in and leading this football team within a few points of a comeback after being down 21 to, to nothing, showed me that Nikosi Perry has come a long way, showed me that Rhett Lashley's done a great job coaching, and then Derek King comes out of the locker room, and he's coaching up Nikosi. So, I mean, you, you've got a couple outstanding guys that play that quarterback position here at the University of Miami. We really do. I'm, I'm really proud of Nikosi. I'm proud of the way that he's matured. Um, you know, and, and, and he, you know, he was out there just making plays. And um, but, but you know, more than anything, I, I'm just the emotions right now are so conflicting because so proud of everybody. You know, because like you say, that that's a that's a hard situation, and the way that our guys um, storm back in the game, I, I, I don't think we ever. But like I, I think our players felt that we would win the game until all three zeros came out. I just felt like we thought we would find a way somehow, some way, and and that's why it hurt for them so bad, um, because ultimately we just we just didn't have enough. We just made too many mistakes, um, but we got something in that locker room. You mentioned Derek Nikosi, the way those guys for each other. There's a lot of guys in the locker room went really really hard tonight for each other, and. Um, it's not enough, 
but it's the foundation of all things great. And um, proud of the guys for for what this what they have accomplished, um, setting the foundation for our future success. Manny, you look at this ball game, and after coming off the North Carolina game, and the and the points and the yards and what happened to the defense and happened to the team, it was a team loss. And then you start this game down, twenty one points, and. Miami broke a trend tonight. They fought tooth and nail for the entire 60 minutes. And as you mentioned, you know, there, there were enough mistakes here that, that happened where, that cost Miami the football game, whether, you know, it's the penalties, the drop punts, the fumbles, the receivers not making catches, but they just kept going. And, and I think that says a lot about what's been developed here uh, under your watch. Well, I'm never sure saying that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, 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 was, it wasn't the start we wanted. Um, and whether we were, you know, they, they obviously came out a little out of character, mm-hmm. throwing the football almost exclusively, which is really not who they are. Um, and we're able to find, you know, you know, find some holes in our coverage, which, which we made some adjustments. Um, but, um, and it just, it just took us getting stopped, you know, and, and whether that's just the confidence that was shaken by what happened a week ago or, or two, a few weeks ago or, or whatever, I don't know. But, but then, man, once we did, we just started playing. And um, um, guys played extremely hard. It felt like we played the run a lot better. Um, and then it ultimately came down to turnovers, uh, some red zone um, stops, um, some, some oh, boy, some unfortunate penalty situations. Um, unlike, just boy, boy, it sure seemed like, ton of adversity in that department um and uh, and ultimately you know when you add it all up it was too much to overcome Manny you, you, you're in this ball game without Quincy Roche Jonathan Ford gets knocked out I believe either late in, in the first quarter early second quarter Jalen Phillips is out Amari Carter's out you have two redshirt freshmen at defensive end and Cameron Williams and Jafari Harvey, and, and then you put your, Zach McLeod's playing defensive end for you, who's been a linebacker for, for 40-some-odd games here at the University of Miami. And it seems like they just were Miami's defense and the team just was kept overcoming everything that they put in their path, whether it was self-inflicted wounds or, or good play by Oklahoma State. Yeah, you know, it's, it's what we've been saying all year, you know. I mean, this, this year is all about who can adapt um, to adversity and all those things that you mentioned. Um, and then you add that up with, you know, you know not starting the game well. And, and, uh, but, but this was different. You know, our, our energy was, was outstanding. Um, the guys refused to panic. And, um, and, they, and they, they allowed us to claw all the way back. You know, and again, it's just such a disappointment that we didn't tie the game on the two-point conversion. Sure felt like we did. Um, but, to, but to walk somebody back, you know, 21 straight, then it'd be a 19th straight, and, and, you know, there was just such a part of the game when we were, when we were really in control, um, you know, and then, like I said, some, a, a turnover in, in special teams uh, was massive, and then the turnover that we, you know, that we had that was taken away was, was telling also where it was on the field. Coach, to Corey Couch, 10 tackles, but also three interference calls in two drives. Yeah, I, I had to look at the film on that um, because sometimes you're, you're, just, you're just dominating a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're just dominating a guy and the guy just can't get off press coverage, I mean, that, that's, you know, 
they just I got throw you. them all up there. And, and, and you know, what I mean, but but boy, it sure it sure it sure seemed like sometimes you know you're just getting your ass kicked, and and uh, you know, and sometimes it's it's a, it's a call, and sometimes it's not. So you know, Corey played very hard, and um, and it was and, and and despite all the adversity, he kept lining up and and getting after his man. Coach, we got to talk about Marshall Fuke. He came through at number, wearing number zero. We didn't know who in the heck it was that you put out there, but what 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 a great play on the two point conversion! Yeah, it really was. You know, that was a trick play. Um, um, but they 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 dropped some guys off and they covered. Uh, we were kind of slipping Mallory out there uh, for a throwback deal, and they snipped it out. And and uh, and and what I love about Marshall in that play is is he just he made a quick decision. He said, "Okay, it's not there," and he stuck a foot in the ground and just went north and, and ran through a tackle. And and um, you know what a great you know just again momentum boost cut it to three. Um, the defense responds to the three and out. And, and and like I said, I just I was so certain that we would get you know get. The, I felt like it was the NC State game all over again. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. um, being down 11 there in the fourth quarter, and it just it, and I think and our players were saying that they're like, "Look, we." We've been here before. We've we've done this, and um, and I, and that's why I think we're almost in a state of disbelief that it, it, that we can come out on top. Coach Don Chaney, true freshman running back, he he just really the the game against Duke. He had 140 or 150 all-purpose yards, and then tonight he did some things that are special. Boy, does he have a he have a bright future? He does, you know. And it was great to see. He's worked hard um, this year, and. Um, you know, and and, and I, I just just the confidence he played with, uh, making the cuts that he made was was really encouraging for uh, the future of our running back position. Coach, what what do as far as the receiver spot tonight? You had you had some guys stand out, Harley, and uh, you throw in the, the tight ends, Mallory and Jordan, and then you had a couple guys struggle with drops with with Wiggins and Pope. How how do you how do they go to work in the off season to get better at catching the football? You just, it just takes persistence, you know. Um, you know, it felt like that. You know, that had been something that we had, we had been a lot better at here over the last half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and maybe sometimes it's mental when the first one creeps in, and um, you know, they were contested catches, but they're catches that those guys expect to make. Um, and um, but what do you do? You know, you just you just and it's what it's what the entire program does. What do you do? You say, hey, we're better. But we're not where we want to be, and we got to get to work. And, and that's why I say this offseason program is going to be very important. Uh, but the idea of being in, in, a, in a similar offense two years in a row and just getting the chance to just put reps on top of reps on top of reps, um, and that, and, and then also adding some, you know, some new faces as well, just like we did with this year's team. Uh, we'll do that with next year's team as well, and, and, and get guys competing, um, and 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 make another step forward in 21. You know, Manny, I think it's very important for us to, to, to talk about about not letting this season get misunderstood uh, with this coaching staff, with the athletic department, what these players have had to go through, not only at the University of Miami, but in, in college football. When, when you really t- put the big picture on it, everybody, everybody put forth a ton of effort and went about it in a way that's never, ever been done before. And when you think about that, this whole season is, is going to always be special to, to everybody that was involved in it in any capacity. Well, let me, let me just say this in, in, in praising our kids. You, you had college football programs that didn't want to play in bowls. Right. Like a lot of them. 
that said, to heck with it. Like, we're, we're done. Like, this is so mentally draining. We've had it, and we're done. And our kids not only wanted to play in a bowl, and then they had to face the question, what do I do when I'm down 21-0? Because that would have been the time to to not to stop playing, and uh, and for them to storm back and, and put that effort, um, it shows we 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 you know we got a backbone, we got something, and and so now, the harsh lesson of the defeat says, okay, you know we got a foundation, we got to fix some things that, that aren't quite where we need them. We're not where we we're we're not where we need to be, and, and sometimes the losses, um, you know, force you to face it, and uh, and that's what that's what we've got the next eight months to do. Manny, I'm going to let you go, but I want to ask you this question. If you Forget the game for a minute. Um, you can forget all the games for a moment. Personally, what, what, what are your feelings towards this football team? How have they found a place in your heart after going through what they've gone through? Well, it's just like I said, and that's why I hurt from them so bad that they didn't get to experience, you know, victory tonight. Um you know what they have had to do, the the, the things that they've had to to sacrifice this year, um, you know, and to have one of their seasons in college defined by a, a pandemic, um, you know, it, it, it's been hard on them. And that's why I said it's been hard on the opening college ball. So it's been hard on Oklahoma State's kids as well. Um, and the whole year has been designed to do what? Keep us apart, right? Social distancing, be be apart. Um, be in quarantine, be in lockdown. Uh, we've had guys have multiple 14-day stays because of contact tracing apart from their team. And to see a team as close as that team was, given their effort tonight, um, I can't be anything more than proud of them. And, and, and it, it, if anything, it just it em, emboldens me to, to, to do what i got to do um, so they, they, they feel the success that, uh, to me that they deserve. Coach, thank you for your time. As always, it's it's greatly appreciated. Unfortunately, Miami lost uh, the bowl game, but we appreciate the improvement that this team has made from last year to this year, and we know that you'll be right at it tomorrow trying to get better for next year as well. But we appreciate the, all your effort and leadership and guidance to, to get us, meaning us Hurricane fans and, and this university, to field a team for as many games as you did. And we appreciate it, Coach. Don. Uh, thank you. Appreciate you guys and appreciate all of our fans. And it's been a hard year for them. Well, the ones that were in the stadium tonight were awesome. Uh, I, I think it was the best atmosphere. Uh, I know in front of our fans, we've, we've played in all year, just, you know, the, the amount of people that they let into the place. And um, our guys, our guys are hungry for more. And, and, and we, we want to, you know, we want to put a program that our fans expect and it's, it's coming. Appreciate it, coach. I'll uh, talk to you next week. Thank you. Okay, Don. Thank you. All right, some heartfelt comments from University of Miami head coach Manny Diaz. Let me talk to you for a moment about Williamson Cadillac, a part of Miami's unique community for over 52 years. And Williamson Cadillac serves this community with the same essence that represents the people who live here because Williamson is Miami. In fact, I had lunch today with Ed Williamson. Ed Williamson, his lovely wife, Carol Williamson, of course, they are well known for their integrity and honesty. Business has been good at Williamson Cadillac, still the holiday season. So if you're in the market for a car 
may I suggest a luxury automobile, Williamson Cadillac. You can ride in the original icon, the Cadillac Escalade. Let me tell you, the Escalade is red hot right now. You can excite your senses in the CT sedan series dedicated to performance. I am driving the XT crossover, the XT4. You can get the XT4, the XT5, XT6, all engineered to stand out. You can view their lineup online at williamsoncadillac.com or visit their facility located US 1 and 104th Street, just south of the Palmetto Expressway. Ed Williamson in a great mood today. Looking forward to a happy and healthy 2021. Williamson Cadillac, your premier luxury dealership. Williamson is Miami. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. The show is brought to you by Williamson Cadillac, your premier luxury dealership. Williamson is Miami. Happy New Year, everybody. We're rooting for a happy and healthy 2021. Don Bailey, the Canes finish up the season with a 37-34 loss to Oklahoma State. We'll get to Oklahoma State in a moment. Miami goes 8-3 for the season, so now they look forward and uh, got a nice recruiting class coming in and uh, probably some additions in February. A year ago, a year ago at this time, Oregon, and we all love Mario Cristobal, right? Oregon was in the Rose Bowl. And his, his game-winning speech was this. He said, after Oregon won the Rose Bowl, he said, we went from 4-8 and eight to 7-6 and six to 9-7 and seven to 12-2. and two. It, And my point is this. It doesn't happen overnight. Miami went from 6-7 and seven to 8-3. and three. Oregon went 4-8, and 7-6, and 9-7, and 12-2. And this year, they're 4-2. They only played six games. But steady progress. Miami made steady progress this year in a lot of areas, including competing in the fourth quarter. A game against Oklahoma State, they could have won the fourth quarter. Games that they won this year in the fourth quarter, and I think that will hopefully carry over and become part of their DNA. You know, Joe, I think that if you you look at Miami or you look at college football, you don't have to single out Miami. and You approach it as a business, and you're looking at a spreadsheet, and you look at last year, and you have a new CEO, and you look at the wins and losses, and if you count them, uh, if there's 12 games, you count each one as a month or however you want to break it down. Miami didn't make a profit last year. They were 6-7, and seven, and they made personnel changes. They made uh, player changes. They made philosophically, they made changes, and you go into this year, and you turn a profit. It's that simple. Uh, the same guy that was in charge of the program last year is a, a year older, a year wiser, and he proved at the end of last season that he was capable of making the right decision to improve his football team, whether it was on his coaching staff, whether it was the players on the field, whether it's through the portal, whether it's continuing to push the strength and con- conditioning and nutrition, and he proved that, and he proved it hand over fist and and really he signed the difference maker in the portal to me of course um is Derek King and he did that again and when you when you look at Derek King coming back and it's so unfortunate that he's injured and we hope that it's it's minor and non-major but 
that proves to me more than what anybody can say, what more than anybody can talk about in the win and loss category, is they trust their head coach in Manny Diaz. They think that he is the right guy to take them where they want to go. And it was been proven in both of his recruiting classes. The first one with um, a horrible ending before signing day, three losses in a row to unranked teams and to teams that, that Miami would never have been thought to lose to. And then, of course, the signing class this time was after the North Carolina game. Nobody wavered. If anything, they picked up players in both of those classes that didn't think that, that didn't flip out. Guys flipped in. And, and I think you, you go to the players, and, and because the old saying is true. There's no lies and there's no, there's no kidding in the locker room. Everybody knows what's going on in the locker room. And the last two years, that locker room is convinced that Manny Diaz is, is doing the right things that need to be done to get Miami on track and be a consistent winner. Uh, the offense I'm very excited about, year two in the Coach Lashley system. That'll be fun. The defense is going to get uh, – fixed and it's not that it needs this gigantic overhaul you cannot defend everything in college football today Alabama hell Alabama is giving up 351 yards a game gave right. 460 in the Florida game you have to be good at something what Miami is good at on defense is getting to the quarterback and getting negative plays there's going to be a trade-off you're either going to try to get negative plays and you're going to give something else up you can't defend the entire field in college football today what you can try to do is figure out how to get multiple stops at the right time, which they did do in the Oklahoma State game. They really did. And, you know, after the, the first three drives, there, obviously there was adjustments made that allowed Miami to, to slow down Oklahoma State and allow themselves to creep back into the ball ballgame. Um, Miami had more tackles for loss than Oklahoma State. Miami had more sacks than Oklahoma State. Miami had more forced fumbles than Oklahoma State. Um Unfortunately, they didn't have as many pass breakups, and we know what part of that reason is. And when you when you look at at the defense that was fielded in that game, it, let's say from halftime on, you lost Jonathan Ford, you lost the two premier pass rushers in the conference and one in the entire country. You were playing uh, Brian Balaam, got a start at safety. I believe it was his first start of, of his career. Uh, you've got you had uh, Steed at linebacker. Now he's a guy that that uh, has worked his way into the equation. You had um, Zach McLeod, who was heavily involved as a, at a defensive end position, uh, something that he had a week's worth of work on. So there were they were they were shorthanded as far as experience goes, but they continued to fight through it and they overcame. A 10-play, 75-yard touchdown drive, an 8-play, 82-yard drive, and a 6-play, 49-yard drive. And then they, that, from that point on, you, you, Oklahoma was on fire. And they, I'll give them all the credit in the world. They came out and did exactly opposite what I thought they would do. I thought they would run right at Miami, and they didn't. They threw right at Miami. And then it went from three touchdowns to a missed field goal, to a punt, to a punt, to a punt, to a field goal. They picked up two touchdowns, and it was a punt, a punt, and it was to end the game. So Miami forced some, uh, forced some three and outs on them. They, uh, they forced some them to change their game plan. And Miami's offense, with a change of quarterback, 
or was able to come up with some some long drives himself. I mean, the second second quarter had a 14 play drive. They had in the third quarter they had an eight play, an eight play. Fourth quarter they had a 10 play drive and a seven play drive. And Miami had a chance to win the football game. You said it. You said it right there in the broadcast. This feels like North Carolina State again. And you were 100% correct because if there were not a couple of unfortunate drops in, in that last quarter, I believe Miami would have won the football game. It was a five. It was a five-point game right up until the end. And I mean, and then it go. I'm sorry. And then it goes to a three-point game. And and Miami is in this thing. No matter. Forget what happened in that first. They overcame down being down 21 to nothing. They overcame it on the defensive side. They overcame it on the offensive side. And unfortunately, they just did not make a few crucial plays that were there, that were there, and that would have produced points or field position. And this was a three-point loss. They had two chances down three with the ball. The same guy that made the catch that won the game against Virginia Tech dropped the ball with a chance to win the game last night. Now, Oklahoma State, I give Mike Gundy credit. It was a really nice uh, game plan to start. Mike Gundy said after the game, hey, had we played our non-conference schedule, we probably would have won 11 games. That was a good team. And by the way, in our in our game prep, when I was looking at their Texas game, which they lost in overtime to Texas, they outgained Texas. They put 500 and 30 yards on Texas and lost the game. Texas had under 300 yards and won in overtime. So, you know, if you want to do a comparison, as I mentioned before, Miami hung in there. It wasn't a pretty start. And it would not, I was ready to say, because I thought Miami was going, going to win, I was ready to say it wasn't what we expected, but the destination sure was beautiful. And it just didn't arrive at the destination. Uh, but they went up against a formidable opponent, they will uh, uh, regather here this week, and, and Coach Diaz will uh, start marching forward. We got about a minute to go before we take a break in this segment. Real fast, uh, Clemson and Ohio State. Who are you liking that one? I'm going with Clemson. I, I love. I, I'm a big fan of Trevor Lawrence. I love the running game of uh, of Clemson, but you know that their defense, uh, that number 47, I can't get him out of my head. If that if that guy's rolling, their middle linebacker, I think that they can hang with anybody. I, I have not been as impressed with the quarterback at Ohio State as I have been with Trevor Lawrence. I think my, uh, that Ohio State wins um, – I'm sorry, Clemson wins the quarterback battle, and if everything else is a break-even, if they win that one, they got the game wrapped up. Okay, the last six times that Notre Dame has played in a big game, they've been smoked. Did they get smoked by Alabama? Yes. Smoked and smoked and smoked again. I think, I think Alabama – just puts it on. There's too much speed. They match them up size-wise. They match them up experience-wise. And Notre Dame is, uh, they've got an experienced team. They've got a good running game. But I just don't think it's, if it gets into a track meet, which Alabama can run with anybody, Notre Dame isn't going to keep up. Well, the Canes go 8-3. To sum it up, I'm grateful we had a football season. I jumped out of my seat a couple times this year. Jumped out of my seat when Harley scored a touchdown against North Carolina State to win it. Jumped out of my seat when Pope scored against Virginia Tech to win it. Jumped out of my seat when Cameron Harris ran 45 yards for a touchdown last night and threw my seat last night when Mark Pope dropped the ball. <laughs> <laughs> threw it out the window. <laughs> but, but overall, it was fun. 
You know, and, and I think that's the thing that we can never lose sight of. I, you know, you have that, that day after the game hangover that I'm walking around with today from, from uh, you know, your mind running a million miles a minute. And, and, and you think about how lucky, what a great season, what, had some great games, had an opportunity to do what we love. These players had an opportunity throughout the country to play a game that was really threatened to be take away, taken away from them, and it wasn't. And they endured – uh, things that really are going to give them lifelong lessons that they'll be grateful for down the road. Okay, much more to come on the show. We will continue right after this. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Will Mallory had himself a heck of a season for Miami. Played 11 games, 22 catches. Four went for touchdowns, had a long of 45. Will Mallory joining us right now. Joe Zagacki, Don Bailey Jr. Will, good evening. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, yeah. Thank you for having me, guys. All right, well, it was a, a tough one against Oklahoma State. Uh, take us through your emotions. Uh, you guys really laid it on the line. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously frustrating at this point in how, how it turned out to be, but um... – I mean, I would say with all things that happens happened this year for us and for everyone, um, I mean, we're certainly not happy how it finished. But you know, I think we showed a lot of promising things, and um, I think I think this this team is special, and um, I think we just have to build off of this and uh, you know, kind of keep that chip on our shoulder and uh, go into this off season and, and really really lay it all out there and um, get ready for next year. Well, two-part question. First of all, well, thanks for giving us a lot of joy watching you play the game. We really enjoyed it. A lot of, a lot of people appreciate how much work you put into it every single week. But um, the, the, the couple questions are uh, how the team responded with De'Eric King being injured and then the fact that Nikosi Perry comes in and plays a phenomenal game. I mean, just – made some unbelievable yeah. throws and, and, and put Miami in a chance to win the football game. Yeah. I mean, I think that speaks just about, about the, the connection and the bond that the, the players and these guys and the team have and the trust we have in each other. I mean, we're, we're all family. So when, when Derek went down, that, that hurts all of us to see that um, as, as brothers, as teammates, um, you never want to see any of your guys get injured. But um, at the same time, we had that same exact trust in, in Nicozy to come out there and perform at an extremely high level, which, which he did. Um, and that, that's huge. That's huge for us because I think that shows a lot about the character of each guy on the team um, for him to come in and, and not really miss a beat. Um, I, think, I think that speaks a lot about, about this team. You were down 21. Was there anything in particular that you felt like lit the fire that you said, okay, now we're going, we're rolling, we got a chance to climb back into this thing? Yeah, I mean, I think we just had to get more consistent on offense. I mean, once we get those first downs and get those drives going, and once we got that first score, I mean, we kind of got back into the groove of things and we're like, hey, like, we're a really good team. We're a really good offense. Um, we just got to keep doing what we know we can do and start clicking. And, and once that started happening, I mean, I think the confidence built on the offense and on the defense and all around on the team. And um, uh, going in, I think we, we thought there's no doubt that, that we're going to lose this game just because we were so confident in, in everyone on the team. 
So, yeah. You know, well, one thing that I that I think might have got lost a little bit in the ball game last night, or or maybe it didn't. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Was was the outstanding play calling of Rhett Lashley not only last week but throughout the season? He really made some play calls and put you guys structurally in in, in position to make uh, score a lot of points and and really be competitive through the whole season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Coach Lashley has done a phenomenal job of of getting this offense back to where we know we can be um, and making those plays and setting us up for, for situations to make plays and to win games. And um, I mean, going in week in, week out, we had nothing but confidence in, in his ability to, to prepare us, uh, to put us in situations that give us opportunities to succeed. So um, I think that's huge. And then going into next year, I mean, being able to have uh, a year under our belt in this offense. And I think, uh, in the spring and in the summer, all the guys are they're bought in um, uh, to to take this offense to another level, to even better than what we have done this year. So, uh, having him has been a huge addition for for this offense and for this team, and uh, we're really fortunate to have him. Yeah, I want to pick up on that for a, for a moment. Will, isn't it? Uh, I guess more fun easier to know that you have a coach that has a scheme, but also the play-calling ability to tilt the odds in your favor, to give you a fighting chance. Yeah, I mean, uh, just just seeing what we've done this year and the huge jump we've made, I mean, uh, I think that speaks a lot about him as a coach, as a play-caller. Um, I think that, that helps us a lot to, to give the playmakers on this team opportunities to to do just that and make plays. And, um, I mean, I think, like I said before, I mean, having a year under our belt and really getting to know this offense and really understand it and how, how it works and how he'll be calling it. Um, I think that only just helps us even more. If you had to thank coach Diaz for, if you had to thank coach Diaz for anything this season on, on how he managed this football team through this, this COVID year and and all the things that had to be done what 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 would you say that he did uh extraordinary or what would you think that the team would thank him for i I would just say just of how understanding and how uh, compassionate he's been uh to each of us i mean i know it's been a hard year for everyone that's coaches included but um how understanding and just how how much he truly cares about each and every one of us on the on the team i think that has shown so much throughout this year. Um, I mean, I felt that throughout the whole year, just with just with how tough everything has been. I mean, there's been times when when guys are getting pulled away for weeks at a time for testing positive, and just how difficult that's been on people uh, physically and mentally. Um, but to really pull us all together this year and and really have a good year, um, I, I think that's what's been most impressive and what I. I I have to thank him for is just he's done such a great job of, of leading this team and keeping us all together. Well, fourth quarters, you guys are really good in the fourth quarter this year. Don and I were talking about on the broadcast against Oklahoma State, fourth quarter. We've been here before. We felt like you're going you're to pull it out. As you go forward with this team next year, uh, do you think that's something that you build on that you say, hey, this is this is an ingredient that's in our program that we can win fourth quarters. We all, we go, we all go back to when the third quarter is over, everybody raising up their four fingers. It's nice to raise the four mm-hmm. fingers, but you got to be able to do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think 
we've, we've had that confidence throughout this year that in the fourth quarter uh, we can finish strong. Um, unfortunately, that, that, that didn't happen last night. But I think going forward, like you said, I think that's something that we'll be able to, to keep in our, in our tools of, of knowing that fourth quarters we finish strong. Uh, we finish teams off, and, and um, I think that's something that we'll take pride in uh, in the future um, to help this team. Well, well, personally, what are you going to try and improve upon in your game between now and, and kickoff next year? Yeah, I mean, I would say in every aspect. Um, but, uh, I mean, I need to get healthy, um, you know, get my body right, um, and then and really kind of just become that, that veteran player, you know, being a, being a leader, but uh, helping this offense in a, in a bigger role, I hope, and um, – you know, just being the best of the version I can, which is getting better at of blocking uh, in the passing game, trying to be that more reliable target. Um, I think it's all areas, but um, it's definitely a huge off season for me and for this team. Um, and, and I think everyone's up for the challenge. Hey, you made some big plays against Oklahoma State. Four catches. One of them was the fourth down play. You got it right down about the one yard line. You needed one more step to get in the end zone. Yeah, that that one. Uh, uh, I got. He had to bring that up, didn't he? He had to bring yeah, that yeah. up. <laughs> I, I was gentle. I was very gentle about it. That's going to motivate you for the whole off season, Will. Absolutely. That that one that one sticks in my mind. Uh, I mean, fortunately, uh, you know, two plays after we get to throw it to to Brevin and he gets the touchdown. So you know, I was happy for him on that, but. Uh, Definitely gonna be working on my high step and my my speed after that one. That one hurt. Well, you can also let our listeners know that it hurt because when you got to the sideline, they were breaking your chops that you got caught at the one too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I guess people people were telling me that they thought I was faster than that. And, uh, <laughs> I guess I'll have to wrong here. <laughs> Well, well, let's go back to it uh, to what Don was asking you about the off season. Uh, after you have some time to decompress and uh, school starts back up in January, uh, for, what do you think the off season will look like in terms of hopefully everybody can be around each other? But uh, do you go in the indoor facility and catch passes? Do you uh, hook up with the quarterbacks? Is that something that you do during the off season to to, to keep the football going? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's something that we'll have to take advantage of this year too, like we should. I mean, uh, I guess it seems like it was so long ago, but I mean, we practically missed. I mean, we we missed all of spring and that huge part of summer just to be able to do that, to be around each other, you know, getting that chemistry, getting that connection, throwing the ball around, um, and that's something that we're going to have to take advantage of this this off season to to really solidify that that connection and chemistry and just everyone being on the same page. Um, that's something that that's going to be huge for us because we didn't get that last year and then going into our first season, that offense um, now having it under a year under our belt with that, like I said, um, we're going to have to take advantage of these opportunities. We have to be together uh, to work together and, and just be a stronger and more confident offense. Well, you last year in 19, you opened up uh, at a neutral site game against the University of Florida. And this year, you get to do it against the University of Alabama. Kind of gets everybody focused pretty quick once you get back on campus, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would even say 
moments after the game was over or in that <laughs> locker room. That, that's, it's brought up. I mean, it, it, it has to be brought up. I mean, it's something that that you come to Miami to do. You come here to play in those big games. Um, so it, it, that's the reason why you come here uh, to to be in those situations. So, I mean, it, it, you can't you can't sleep on on the thought of that game. Uh, you got to start preparing as soon as you can. So, I think that's on everyone's minds. I mean, you know, getting over last night that one hurt, but I think uh, moving forward, we're, we're prepared to to get the work in, to get ready for, for that game. I think uh, you made progress in so many areas. And as we wrap this up, I think uh, when you look back at the season, do you look at it and say, man, uh, now now we know what everybody's talking about. If we do all these things the right way, it, it gets us in the win column. There were a lot of things that you improved on and some others that you can mm-hmm. continue to work on. Absolutely. I mean, I think if you look back and – on all the things that we've done this year, um, when we were really, really good at our highest of the highs, I, I think you, you truly see something special um, in this team. And I know everyone sees it. I know the coaches see it, and we believe in it. Um, now it's just a matter of being consistent with that, and, and you know, staying up there, uh, of of being at the full potential that we know we can be. So I think that's something that that's going to come with with time this off season of, of working together. Uh, you know, and kind of uh, meshing more as as a, as a team and as a unit. Um, so we know exactly where we can be and where we want to be. So now it's just a matter of putting that work in to get there. All right. Well, we hope we have a more normal season next year. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us uh, often on the Hurricane Hotline. You had a really nice season. We look forward to a great year for you next year. Uh, congrats on what you accomplished this season. and Happy New Year. Have a happy and healthy 2021. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, I appreciate you guys, and uh, Happy New Year to you as well. All right, that's uh, Will Mowry joining us on the show. And, uh, Don, always great to have Will with us. He's a heck of a young man and a great representative of the, of the University of Miami. He absolutely is. They, uh, parents did a great job with him, and he's uh, – I imagine he'll be one of our captains uh, next year. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. He's earned that, he's earned that honor. Okay, we're going to move our attention in the next hour to basketball and University of Miami baseball. As soon as uh, the New Year strikes in, we'll be staring at the baseball season. So we had a great time in football, DBJ. Uh, thanks for all your contributions, and Happy New Year to you and Priscilla, and I will see you uh, very soon. Okay, Joseph, same thing to you and Cheryl. And as you know, there's not anything I enjoy more than uh, working with our University of Miami and uh, WQAM and, of course, Joe Zagaki. All right, thank you. Okay, hour number two, Coach L coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. 
Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.